Welcome to the What The Mum podcast. My name is Maria Newman and I will be your host. Every mum-to-be knows that as soon as she becomes a mum, her world will change forever. Everyone is keen to give you advice based on their own experiences. Other mums delight in sharing their horror stories so that new mums are better prepared for what might happen. The lack of sleep, feeling exhausted most of the time, living in bodies with even more wobbly bits and never having any privacy. But everyone's story is unique. Everyone's experience is personal. On this podcast, I will be sharing real stories told by mums like you and I about their experience of motherhood and how life changes when you become a mum. This podcast is about showing you that you're not alone. We may not be in the same boat, but we are experiencing a similar storm. I hope these stories will inspire you to do what you want and be who you want to be. Anything is possible if you really want it and if it is really important to you. If you want to find out more about me and who I am, check out my website, mummyandabreak.co.uk. However, for now, sit back, relax and enjoy this podcast episode. Hey everyone, thanks for tuning in. During this podcast series, I will be interviewing six awesome women who will be sharing with us their mum stories. My guest today is Charlie, author of Our Altered Life and who I recently connected with on LinkedIn. Thanks for joining me today, Charlie. Thank you for having me. I'm very excited. Me too. I'm always excited to talk to people. I love just finding out about people. So, Charlie, first of all, tell us a bit about yourself so we can get a sense of who you are. Okay, so I am the mom of 17-year-old twins, Oliver and Harry. Um, I had a very typical pregnancy, but Harry was born with a very rare craniofacial condition, um, which effectively meant he'd got half a face that had developed um, and he later on uh, went on to be diagnosed with autism. So although he's 17, he functions around about five or six now. Um, I was a full-time primary school teacher when the boys were born. I had to leave that career because of my caring responsibilities. And and I do teach now currently um, just two days a week in a local high school because it's a little bit different in a high school than a primary school here in the UK. I'm not sure where your listeners are. Um, So yeah, yeah, when I wasn't working, I wrote my book and published that, which became an Amazon bestseller, which was amazing. And I set up my social media accounts, Our Altered Life, founded a charity um, called More Than a Face so that I could go out and educate children and young people on facial disfigurement and visible difference. And just generally like keeping myself busy. Mums like to keep themselves busy, whether we do it intentionally or not. We are generally busy, aren't we? Yes, most definitely. <laughs> so tell me, what is it like being a mum, being in your world? What, what, how do you feel? What do you go through? What are the anxieties that you have? Share with us, what, what is it like being Charlie the mum? Yeah, I think it's, you know, very much like parenting in general. It's exhausting and it's incredible. But I think the difference when you've got a child with additional needs is that the highs are super high, the lows are incredibly low, and there's only a select few people, sometimes you're not even lucky enough to have that, that truly understand what it feels like to be struggling in the way that you are, and also to be celebrating those little wins that other people might just take for granted. So 
recently Harry ate cherries for the first time. And that was a big deal for us. You know, he struggled with food for years. And yet, if I'd have told any of my other friends, they'd have been a bit like, okay, right, he's eating cherries. That's brilliant. But my other friends with special needs children, they completely understand the significance. So it can be very lonely. It can be very exhausting and frustrating because there's lots of fighting that goes on when you've got a child with additional needs with local authority, healthcare, education. Um, but it's also very, very magical. And, and it's a real privilege. To, to, to talk to me more about, let, I'm going to rewind it a little bit. Hmm. I was, I'm going to say I was lucky enough to have one child at a time because we know every child is different. Every mum is different. You don't really know how you're going to be until your baby come, your baby or babies come along. So, but for you, you had two things to deal with. The first one is you've got two babies at the same time. Yep. You haven't had babies before. So this is your first experience. It's not like you can go on your previous experience. And then you're having to deal with a child with special needs as well as a child without. Yes. So that's a lot to deal with when you're going from not being a mum to all of a sudden being a mum. Yes. So talk to me about, you know, some of the things that must have been going on for you in your brain that you either decided to share with people or you didn't. Mm. And how did you manage? Yeah. I mean, crikey, I could talk to you all day about just that question. But initially, I, I didn't tell anybody anything. I just painted this smile on my face, which I now call the lie we wear. And I think all oh, mums are used to that. You know, when you've had sleepless nights and you're wrestling with 101 priorities and people ask how you are, and you say, oh, I'm fine, when you're just crumbling on the inside. So um, I didn't tell people for, for a long time how I felt. It was only when I reached rock bottom when my boys were actually six and I was diagnosed with depression that I started to open up and reflecting on the boys' birth. I'd also had an emergency cesarean section. The boys were only 32 weeks, so they were three pounds nine. So as you've just described, all of that plus premature babies, plus healing from a, you know, a major operation, my head was coming off. And on top of that, I felt incredible guilt. I felt massive waves of grief for this life that I'd planned and taken for granted as I was carrying these two babies and planning their future and imagining what adventures they'd have. And all of a sudden that was ripped away from me. Um, and I think mums in my situation, there's a, there's a mum before you or the mum you imagined you were going to be. And then you get this diagnosis and everything flips on its head and, and you're a different mum on a different journey. And that was incredibly difficult to, to deal with. But what helped me was sharing that. So the book is very raw, very honest. You know, I talk about the fact that I didn't know if I was going to be able to bond with a child like Harry, you know, whether I could look at him, let alone love him and raise him. I didn't know that I, if I had it in me to be the mum he needed. Um, so yeah, I, I just got a lot of comfort from sharing that. Um, and then when mums reached out to me, I, I kind of realised that other people needed to hear this as well, that I wasn't the only one battling with this silently. And, and I guess that's where I've got my strength from, is from knowing that there are other mums that need to hear my story. And you talking about how you went through the grief of um, sort of saying goodbye to the life that you thought you had. You know, it's not the first time I've heard that from mums who have 
imagined this life where everything and excuse me when I use these words and feel free to tell me to use different ones but where you imagine a life that seems normal yeah and where everybody um is how you expect an individual to be to then coming to terms with life is going to be different sure sure it's and it's strange because my my husband at the time I'm on to number husband number two now I collect husbands but my my boy's dad like Harry was a matter of hours old and the paediatrician told him the news and, and his first question was will he ever drive and you're literally like wow okay you know and will will I play football with him will he will he ever play football with me um and so I just think the enormity of losing that future is is just massive um and, and it's definitely not something that people talk about a lot because I get called out quite a bit on social media for talking about grief um, and they'll say, you know, what if your child heard this and, and you were saying that you were grieving? And I, my argument is you can still grieve for the life you didn't have and absolutely love the children that you have. You can still feel incredibly lost and sad about the mum you're never going to be and completely own it and boss it as the mum you are. Those two things aren't mutually exclusive. You can be doing you can experience those together. And I think it's really important that we give that a voice. I totally agree with you. And I think that we have to have the courage to feel how we feel and to allow those emotions to be expressed. And, and it's not personal. You're not saying anything to your son and saying, you know, this is all about you because it's not actually about him. No. Your grief is your grief. It's something that you need to deal with. It's something that you need to overcome. And if you haven't got that opportunity, like with anybody who is... Um, who is dealing with grief if we don't give ourselves the opportunity to express it to deal with it then what happens we just bottle it up and at some point it's gonna come out so it's better to express it when you're ready in the here and now rather than push those feelings down and say well no 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 I can't this is I'm not allowed to feel like this I've got to like you said the lie we wear I love that saying I think it's a brilliant way of um, describing it we have we have to give ourselves the opportunity to express it and it's got nothing to do with anybody else it doesn't say anything about anybody else it's you like you say owning it and dealing with it so that you then can be the mum you want to be to your boys whatever that means a hundred percent and I think that in itself is a journey because I look back now and I see photographs of Harry and he was such a beautiful baby. The one eye that he had was, is huge, twinkly blue, full of mischief. Everything that he is now as a, as a young man, you know, was encapsulated in that beautiful little sparkly eye. But I really struggled to look at him and it wasn't, and at the time I just thought, well, that makes me a bad mother because I can't even look at my own child. But what it was, I was a massive perfectionist before I had my boys. Everything I did, I did really well. And I made people proud. If you cut me through the middle, I'd have said like a stick of rock, make people proud. That's your mantra. And so looking at Harry, he symbolised everything that I saw in failure in myself. And so you're completely right. It was nothing to do with Harry and everything to do with the internal struggles that I was going through. But I think it takes a, a, a level of self-awareness to recognize that. And when you're in the thick of it, you don't always, you, you just blame yourself. And so you've got guilt and then you've got shame. 
And then you've got all those other layers that just build and build and build. So yeah, it, it's definitely really important to, to give that a voice, as we say. So tell me, how did life change when you became a mum? Because how my life changed, cha- changed, I can't speak now. How <laughs> my life changed when I became a mum is I'm going to say not as significant as how life changed for you because as we said you had twins and then you had and one of your twins obviously has special needs so yours is like magnified yeah yeah and and, you know you're completely right and that we went from being a couple to a family of four overnight it was a huge jump so that in itself was tricky to navigate and the boys didn't sleep so we were exhausted a lot of the time um Harry didn't feed well so he had to be checked every 20 minutes 24 hours a day so my husband and I took it in shifts three hour shifts and to keep an eye on him and then you've got the logistics of caring for two babies I remember once we went out shopping for the day and it was like a military operation to take everything with us and then we got there and realized we'd left the milk at home so we didn't even get out the car we just turned around and came straight back home again so it was a real learn and I was only 26 which I think is is still quite young really to be to be dealing with so much um and then so you've just got the typical twin life which was chaotic and hectic and and wonderful but exhausting and then I'd got the additional needs issue so I'd got uh, umpteen professionals that were necessary but really unwanted in my life I didn't want you know a physiotherapist to come and see us I didn't want the OT to come and visit all the time I didn't but I needed them and and in time they became part of our journey and you know really part of the fabric of who Harry is now but back then it it was just this stampede of people that kept coming into our lives um, as we were trying to deal with everything anyway so yeah I would say it was a definite significant change becoming a mum so looking back on your journey of 17 years what has been what has been your biggest high wow oh okay Mm. great question I think oh there's a few answers to that one the book is definitely one of my biggest achievements behind having my boys just because I didn't know whether people would like it or not, or if anybody would ever buy a copy, or and I knew I was never going to make a lot of money through the book, but I wanted to make a difference, you know, as as the teacher in me, Mm -hmm. that would be under make people proud and make a difference. Um, So the book is 100% up there. And I think as I've got older, the highs have come in little bursts, and that's always been when I've been able to break down barriers with children looking at Harry and they'll point or stare or cry or run off or whisper or and I'll call them over and introduce them to Harry and they'll ask loads of questions and then they'll either run away or they'll stick around and play with him and talk to him so that's almost like the tiny little highs that have kept me going over the years um yeah it's hard to say what's what's one high actually but I would definitely say the book for a big significant yeah. and then those little moments of yay sort of victory winning over the young hearts and minds and that's do you know what that's a great message for all of us in life I think because we can become too fixated on trying to have these massive moments oh, yes. actually if we're grateful and acknowledge all the little moments 
they're just like a, a let's call it like a snowball that you start yeah. to create and they get bigger and bigger and bigger and then they become massive so yeah. I think that is a great message for everybody who is listening and watching this don't focus on the massive achievements focus on those small achievements because actually there's going to be more of them and you can do your happy dance when that happens as well and really Absolutely. like relish yes moments yes it, it definitely is about finding the wins you know because life as a life as a parent is hard and so sometimes at the end of the day it's really easy and I think mums as mums we're great at this looking back and beating ourselves up and we don't ever give ourselves a pat on the back so I think it's really important that at the end of each day that we reflect and we just go okay so that didn't go particularly well but you know what this did and at least I'm up and I'm showered and I fed them and nobody died today and it's a good day in the household you know so yeah celebrating those little wins I think is really really important so I know we've talked already about the challenges in your life but I'm going to ask you just in general terms what is the most challenging thing do you think about being a mum um I think it's just meeting everybody's needs at the expense of your own a lot of the time I think that's a real challenge for everybody that loss of identity that who am I now and where do I fit in this pecking order when everybody else needs a piece of me um, I think it's really difficult to be Charlie or you know to be Maria or to be whoever we were before children when little bits are taken up by other people uh, I think that's a real challenge for, for every mum it's a it's an ongoing theme that my clients actually talk to me about where you know who am I now I I feel like I'm the glue that keeps the family together and it's all this pressure actually yeah. that we put on ourselves that nobody else is putting on us we I, I hate to say this but unfortunately we put the pressure on ourselves because we assume that no one else will step in and do what we do. And I say to clients, you are the same person. You're just living a different chapter. This is the next chapter of your life. You are that same person. That same person is still in you. Don't lose them. But now it's a new chapter. And it is a challenge because, you know, it's our mother instinct. When we, if we were to go back many, many thousands of years, our only role in our tribe was to look after others whilst the men went out and got food for us. It was a really simple life. Whereas today, life is more complex. There are more things going on, but we have more opportunities. So I think it's trying to keep things simple, trying to not overcomplicating life and accepting that we don't have to do it alone yeah and that we don't have to be perfect because perfection is a myth absolute rubbish and that what we see on social media on fake book isn't true you know when we're comparing our behind the scenes to everybody else's glossy highlights you know that's that's really toxic mm. um so yeah i think it's stay in your lane you know, sort of just focus on what makes you and your guys happy. Find the wins when you can and know that you are enough just as you are. And I think that's, you know, all mums need to hear that. 
and now you've said it they've heard it good there you go (laughs) so if there's someone who's listening to this who can relate to your story like really relate to your story yeah and they're feeling a little bit overwhelmed with what to do next what advice would you give them I'd always say take one day at a time um and find your tribe if you can find the people that get it um because you need those people around you for the good days as well as the bad days um and that can be you know a local group it can be an online group but just find one or two people that truly get your position because it helps with that feeling of isolation that's so common now i'm going to ask two questions which have the number three in them okay (laughs) so the first one so the first one is what three things now that you can like reflect back on your life so far as a mother what three things do you wish you knew before you became a mum oh okay three things I wish I knew I think the first thing is that it's okay to struggle it's okay you know if that maternal gushing instinct isn't there straight away like it is for Beverly and down the ward who's there nursing her baby and in the throes of elation. If you're not Beverly, that's fine. You know, it's okay to struggle with it. Um, I think perfectionism is, is a huge one as well. You know, I wanted to be perfect for everybody. And actually their version of perfect was what I was showing up as anyway. You know, it was me, as you've said, it was me that wanted to push all the time and be that bit better. So, you know, stop trying to be perfect and just be you um that's two and then the third thing would be I think just to take one day at a time because it's an overwhelming journey and we can skip ahead to you know will he ever drive or we can torture ourselves with the what ifs and the you know where do we go here and we spend such a lot of time worrying I love there's a quote that says worrying is like a rocking chair it gives you something to do but gets you nowhere and I go, that's, that's great. That's it. That's amazing. I love it. That's exactly what worrying is. So I'd say worry less, be a little bit more present in life now and just take that one day at a time. If I could go back in time, I would definitely say that to myself. And I'd give myself the biggest hug because I think compassion is something we are so good at for other people. And yet we are terrible at self-compassion. Mm. So I would go back in time and I would give broken Charlie 17 years ago that huge hug and I see you have absolutely got this I promise but one day at a time and be kind to yourself please is what I would say do you know what if we had a lot more kindness in the world to ourselves and to other people this would be a different world the world is lacking kindness absolutely and the other question with a three in it is What three things would you like our listeners to take away from this conversation today? I would like them to remember not to trust everything they think because we tell ourselves we're not good enough or we tell ourselves we've done this wrong, we're terrible, she's so much better than me. So I would say don't believe everything you think. Um, I would say that if you find yourself in a life that's altered by your child's disability or additional needs, that yes, it's an altered life like ours, but it can still be an amazing one. It's not the end, it's a detour, certainly. Um, but I like to say, you know, even tales of the twist can have a happy ending. So you might be in the middle of your twist now thinking, my head's coming off, I don't know what to do with life, I don't know which direction we'll go in. Um, and, I, and I would say try to not to sit in that worry rocking chair too mm. often. 
because we spend a lot of time worrying about the what ifs. And actually, when we get to the place that we were expecting it to be an issue, it's something completely different anyway. And we think, oh, okay. So, so for example, Harry's just gone to college. We've spent the last, I've spent the last 10 weeks really quite nervous about him settling. He's doing really well. So all that worry and stress was for bugger all, you know? Um, so I would just say, yeah, maybe, maybe don't sit in that rocking chair too often mm. or for too long. Oh, now I know people who are listening to this, the, the ladies out there who are listening to this will be going, I need to be in Charlie's world. She sounds amazing. I want more of Charlie. <laughs> Make it easy for them, Charlie. How can that happen? Okay. There's three ways I would say. One is to email me. Just drop me an email on info at charliebaswick.com. The second way would be to follow us on Instagram. And so we are Our Altered Life. And there's a little link up there. And the link will take you to a ton of free resources. So I have ebooks, I have a newsletter. There's loads of resources there that have helped countless mums. Um, and the third thing is that we have a community on Facebook called SEND, which in the UK stands for Special Educational Needs and Disability. SEND, Gin and Cheese, because they are my two saviours in life. <laughs> so... Send gin and cheese are the three things that dominate my world. But also when you've had a really tough day, I'm literally emailing the husband, texting the husband, like, send me gin and cheese. It's been one of those days. <laughs> so we've got um, an 1100 strong community of mums that Amazing. absolutely, truly get what it's like to live an altered life. And it's a beautiful community. So I'd say head over to there, answer the questions to come in because privacy is really important to us in the group um, and just join us and, and, you know, allow us to be your tribe. Oh, see, I knew this was going to be an amazing conversation. So just to reiterate, and we will put the links in the episode description, you can email Charlie, you can follow Charlie on Instagram, and you can join her awesome community on Facebook. But don't worry, because we'll put the links in the chat and you just have to click. It's amazing. <laughs> so we have come to the end of our episode today. Charlie, thank you very much for joining me and having a conversation about mum and mumdom. And thank you, everybody, for listening. I hope you enjoyed listening to this podcast episode. And if you did, then, of course, please share it with other mums. I have lots more resources for you that will help you on your journey through life. Just visit my website to access them, which is mummyonabreak.co.uk. You can also find out details about my book, Busy. Take care and see you the next time. Mm -hmm.